to I Made a Huge Mistake, an Arrested Development Podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and today we are going to be talking about episode two of season five called Self-Deportation, uh, written by Richard Day and directed, as most of the episodes were for this season, I think all of them, in fact, by Troy Miller, um, and originally uh, uploaded on the 29th of May, 2018. And joining me to talk about this episode today is returning guest Jordan Sam. Hello, Jordan. Hi. You know, obviously we're only we're on the second episode here of of, of season five. Uh, we're still a little bit kind of covering recaps of stuff. Um, as with, I mean, the first episode was kind of more guilty of this, where it was basically like 50 percent recap. Uh, there's a little bit less recap in here, um, but there's still a tiny bit of it. You know, so we we kind of are still kind of having to bring the characters kind of up to date a bit um you know uh, we still have some stuff hanging over from season four uh, this episode in particular starts with michael going around trying to um you know get the arrested development film to stop happening because of what might be happening with buster and lucille too uh, we get a montage of him telling everybody that they're out of the movie which is probably one of my favorite jokes from season four that kind of gradually built yeah uh, and if you ever binged season four you, you it's kind of one of those jokes where it just kept hap- like each character it happened to once with the exception of course of buster um and then we also have uh, the fact that Michael, when he gets his severance, it's given in um, <laughs> Ron and Brian are, are on the imagined money. Um, uh, Brian is on the 50, Ron is on the 100. And so Michael has that and he uses that to buy some uh, wigs, uh, which are sold as a pair because obviously they were becoming competitive. Uh, Buster is instructed by Michael to go missing so that Michael will report him missing. He's going to lay low. Michael report him missing. He turns himself in and then that gives them an ex- kind of an excuse as to why he, you know, gives him an alibi as to where he was when everything went down with Lucille too. Um, there's a funny thing where, you know, obviously Michael says he lived, you know, Buster lived with Lucille too. And he says, well, I lived with mother too. Did you think I was dating her? And of course Michael just goes, well, the, the question was asked. Um, <laughs> Uh, we get a little bit of Job and George Sr.'s storylines kind of crossing over as they end up in Mexico. Um, Michael goes to leave a note because uh, you always leave a note uh, at his son's uh, house in Sudden Valley. Um, and I like this is the first of I, I know, it's a weird gag that they do where Michael doesn't seem to remember the catchphrases from the show. So he says, that's why you always leave a note. And he goes, where is that from? Yeah, I, that's um, that's one of their new jokes that I actually really like how and it's all because it's always <laughs> Michael. He's like, he doesn't remember his own life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cousins, uh, the primos go to Mexico. Uh, we had this in the previous episode where Steve Holt seemed to know a lot about the Bluth family and Michael didn't understand why. Um, and he kept saying stuff like, you know, uh, like uh, Uncle Uncle Job and stuff like that. <laughs> Michael, Michael's like, he knows a lot about our family. Um, and we get a little bit of the callback to that when, you know, we finally see um, uh, maybe... Uh, George Michael and Steve Holt in Mexico, and he's and he's like, I can't believe I, ha- you know, you guys didn't, you know, recognize me, and I th- I thought that was quite funny. Uh, Michael, in attempting to follow them to Mexico, he ends up being called back by Google uh, because obviously he's still driving around the Google Maps uh, vehicle um, and they are still blurring out Google, which I kind of love uh, that they continue in that joke because that was one of my favorite jokes from season four. Uh, The Mexican Romneys, which is a storyline I'm not a huge fan of, uh, scare off Steve Holt, uh, which is the opportunity George Michael is looking for uh, because obviously he wants to get rid of his cousin so that he can get off with his cousin. Um, those are different cousins that he's talking about in that particular occasion. At this point, George Michael, in probably my favourite little bit of this episode, he meets uh, the two Noahs and a couple of other indistinguishable white guys, 
and they kind of get into the Mexican life, which is basically <laughs> the Orange County style Mexican life. Um, and uh, Tobias is, has kind of has booked out Lucille from the Ostero Institute, and so he is her therapy. Um, and we get this kind of the recap of the whole wall story. It's a long recap. It's about two minutes of the entire story from season four about the the, the wall. Uh, we get one of our few occasions where Portia de Rossi is on set when she runs into Oscar in Mexico. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Noahs and George Michael meet another Noah. Um, <laughs> and we see we see a clip of this show being as topical as it, it as it ever really got, because, of course, everything is still set a few years ago. Um, there's no kind of present day in Arrested Development, um, not since the end of season three, at least, which is kind of weird. Uh, and we see Trump saying that he's going to build a wall and the Mexicans will pay for it. And of course, uh, Lucille says that was my idea. And then she goes, well, that's a twist when she realizes that somebody else should pay for it. <laughs> of course, the Chinese are paying for her wall. Uh, Michael spends his time at search. Um, this has kind of been hinted at in the previous episode. Um, where he went to a self-defense lesson and he thought it was self-defense from his family members when it was meant to be self-defense with his family members. And we see him actually teaching a course where he has everybody holding a cactus and he's actually teaching the families to beat each other up rather than self-defense from other people. Uh, and then he goes to get his scuba gear because he is going to take part in Search's mapping of the ocean floor, which is, again, that's a storyline that will kind of run for the next few episodes. Uh, and he ends up going to see uh, Lucille 2, uh, but instead of seeing Lucille too, he I th is that where he ends up at the party? He ends up at the the kind of the party in Lucille Two's flat, and the, Michael gets wrestled to the floor, and that and then takes us to the on the next where Michael gets up from the floor, <laughs> and Tobias is insisting that it's just a bit of playful, you know, fun between brothers. I think he says between brothers in law. Um, and then uh, you see George Michael trying the Mexican nightlife, which of course is not Mexican and not even taking place at night. Um, and that is uh, that's kind of the episode. Um, and I don't I mean, uh, let's start with the thing that I really enjoy in this episode, which is George Michael's bizarrely kind of whitewashed Mexican experience, <laughs> um, which is described by the narrator as he goes, I'm going to call them five indistinguishable white guys. <laughs> and and that is kind of what they are. Um, I, I like. I think if if they if they had had the budget they could they should have really got like uh, you know Jesse Eisenberg and uh, you know like to kind of come in and play one of the other Noahs but uh, you know they clearly don't have that budget and I, I guess Jesse Eisenberg doesn't do TV so uh, but yeah I, I just love the Noahs like the idea that all of these kids are called Noah is just such a great and the fact that they run into another Noah who's pretending to be Mexican and he says oh but my name's really Noah. And then, and then George Michael's like, "Hey Noah, come over here." And then, <laughs> then he thinks he thinks that the Noahs meeting each other is just funny. Um, and this this kind of little montage thing, yeah, because I mean that's what he tells maybe you know like yeah. there's two of those guys are named Noahs and they're the two you don't think they are. And what I what I love as well is this kind of this montage with the narrator kind of saying um, disparaging things recalls the montage of his college years where we had him as like a freshman and then he was suddenly, you know, a sophomore and then, you know, he went aboard to Spain and then he came back from Spain and he was a senior. And um, that that all of that was kind of done with like these brief snippets. And in that case, obviously, he was betrayed by a friend um, and, you know, and he fell in love with this girl. And so like, but this it's kind of done in a similar style where it's like this recap of of George Michael going around this mexican i guess village but everything is in english there's like no spanish spoken here only english <laughs> and it's like 
incredibly <laughs> racist, basically. Like this, this entire village is kind of geared just to, um, you know, white kids, basically. That's what it seems to be done. Um, and mm. it's obviously, uh, it's it, it reminds, what's funny is it reminds George Michael of his year abroad in Spain, but of course nobody here is speaking Spanish, so I don't know how it can <laughs> remind him of that, like possibly it doesn't make, I guess, but I like, I like how, this my favourite touch in this entire thing is George Michael, like he latches onto these guys pretty quick, and they're all kind of similar, and... Uh, you know, they get used to the kind of Spanish tradition or Mexican tradition of like, you know, the siesta. And so they're like coming home. And as they get to the door, George Michael's just like Mexico, just like shrugging his shoulders. And he keeps saying the word Mexico at every occasion and just kind of looking at stuff and going Mexico. And then and it's and I think it's probably because obviously this is not shot in Mexico, but it's just a weird kind of thing where like they have the character keep saying Mexico. And I, I just love the entire sequence. It's just I wish that this had like. I wish that most of this episode had just been that and not anything else. I could have lived with 15 minutes of this montage of him just in Mexico experiencing extremely American things. Um, it would have been my... F- Obviously, it turns sour like in the next episode pretty quickly. Um, after, oh, after, yeah. after Trump's... you know, The whole thing with Trump is there for... Not just because of the whole wall thing, which is the ongoing storyline from like three years ago on this thing, but also you know, Trump's words end up souring his experience in Mexico pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just love that whole sequence, and it, like Michael Sarah and and obviously Alia Shawkat are great in this show anyway. But just having something focused on them uh, that isn't anything to do with the Mexican Romneys and you know the brief, basically kind of almost like a cameo from Steve Holt. He's only in a couple of scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, just having him in Mexico, it's just such a fun storyline. There really was only like two things that I liked about the Mexican Romneys thing, and that was the Mister Fa. Uh, staying yeah. the dead, <laughs> yeah. And when they're at, and when they're at the near the very end, when they're talk like at the having that dinner with the with their Chinese investors, and they're like, but these were the Mexican Romneys, and the one, like the one woman turns to the other and goes, "We've got Romneys too." But yeah, I, I mean, I, well, as much as I love the George Michael stuff, I thought the Mexican the Mexican Romney stuff just keeps coming back, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that they've lost the land is, 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 is like it's like at this point, it's kind of inconsequential. I don't really care about it. Like the whole storyline of the them building the wall and the sweat lodge and all that kind of stuff. I think they've kind of done that to death in the previous series. And I, I get what they're doing here, which is kind of trying to finish it off and make it definitive that, you know, they're not going to come back to that storyline. But then they keep coming back to it for like <laughs> three or four episodes. And it's like if the point of the Mexican Romneys was to st- to have the blues go away from that land and not return to it they keep returning to it and it just keeps i don't know i just found it quite frustrating because they keep getting stuck and it and like you say there is like the the mr f kind of thing where they've sprayed mrf you know which i'm guessing means like mexican romneys and i can't remember i can't figure out what the f stands for but family um, mexican romney family Oh, okay. That well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but just to have like the the, re- the reiteration of the mr f thing for like the you know the 20th time i i guess that's funny but you know, there's not a huge amount to that story. It's just they bought the land and, you know, it was never theirs in the first place and the border was on the wrong side. And, you know, it's from a map that Buster drew. We already know all this and it's 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 kind of getting us stuck in a place where it's like, I just want them to move on. I, they could have sacrificed that for five more minutes of, um, you know, Michael Sarah shrugging the same Mexico and I would have been quite happy with it. Um, but, I mean, this episode also has the feeling again of Michael bouncing around from storyline to storyline trying to hold the thing together. Um, so he's kind of back and forth with Buster where, um, you know, Buster keeps doing things that the army told him not to do with the hand. Um, 
There were two, like, literally I'm, two things. Yeah, and he does, <laughs> he does, he does both. both of them. Yeah, and he says maybe maybe they shouldn't have spent twenty three million on him. And he's like, no, don't you ever say that. Um, so like Buster is still kind of clueless. I mean, there are hints here where he talks about what he's going to say to the cops, and he's like, well, I certainly won't say that I saw you know Lucille step Lucille two on the the bloody steps of the stair car, and he's like, well, if that's the truth, say that. And obviously, by the end of the series, we'll learn <laughs> that's actually more truthful than <laughs> yeah. Michael realizes. But like for the first half of the series, it was kind of a mystery as to exactly what they were doing with Buster because he keeps bounce like as with Michael, they keep kind of bouncing them around and not giving him like a solid story. Um, And then, you know, we'll discuss on a different episode once we get to Buster's storyline for the second half of the season. But Tony Hale is so good because in this episode, the one thing I really loved that he did was when he reenacted how they make fun of Michael behind his back. (laughs) And then it turned into a gigantic argument between Buster and Lucille. But Lucille, as played by Buster, and Tony Hale kind of screaming at the top of his lungs and... Um, you know, swearing and being bleeped and everything, and, and it's I don't know, like the whole kind of discussion of him as his mother getting angry at Buster. Um, I just kind of loved that. It was kind yeah. of like over the top, and then I kind of like how Michael, Michael ending it. Well, at least I know you won't be alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great. The rest of the episode, there's kind of little tiny pieces of it. I mean, obviously, we've kind of got to deal with what's going on with the Arrested Development film. Um, we know that Michael only has the rights to Buster, which is something which obviously turns out to be useful, you know, later on in the show. Uh, so it is kind of almost like Mitch Hurwitz set that up of like people, you know, all being out of the film apart from Buster. Um, and and I, I don't know, it just feels like tying up loose ends, all the stuff with uh, it's always nice to see Kitty back. But again, she just feels like someone who's like yelling at Michael. Um, and obviously the wigs is setting up something that happens, you know, in a couple of episodes time. Um, and, and then the fact that Michael ends up immediately being pulled back to America by, um, Google. And I kind of like how the three, um, Googlers appear and, you know, they're like, I'm from, I'm from mapping. I'm from, you know, search and I'm from earth. (laughs) None of them kind of read like, and then, and I like how the narrator is like, earth was right. You know, which is like, you know, and, and uh, the Earth says, you know, it's not some kind of like, um, you know, hellish. Kind yeah, of, it sounds like uh, a hellish dystopian future, but it, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like how Michael is kind of taken in by the campers and how he starts kind of enjoying himself. We've already seen a little bit of this in the previous episode. Um, but I like how this kind of builds on it with like the volleyball and the ping pong and then the self-defense class, which in the previous episode he'd misread as what the self-defense class was. But then we see him, you know, doing his actual self-defense. Again, this is something that's been set up for later on in the season when him and uh, and and George Michael will eventually, of course, uh, tussle again. Um, and I just I love the fact that he they're all holding cactuses like. That's my favorite thing is like this is like you've taken a cactus somewhere, but you've now got to defend yourself from being punched, which is obviously a situation that Michael has been in and too late didn't realize that he could defend himself. And I, I wish I, 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 I wish nice I could touch. remember some of the things he says, but it's like like your uncle with some uh, passive aggressive anger issues coming at you or something just like like he's like, oh, no, like shouting the these situations to these people of what they are defending themselves against. And it's just. It's his family, basically. He's describing yeah. his family. 
Um, so he's talking, yeah, because when he's talking about your uncle and stuff like that, it's obviously a reference to Oscar. Like he he's, he says to one of them, you know, like we want, you know, <laughs> your son's on the floor, but you know, you've got to still punch your your daughter or something like. So he's he's like laying out these these kind of scenarios where people have got to beat up their family, um, and then he says, you know, we're going to try some, you know, dad <laughs> dad on son and mother on daughter and dad on daughter, and it's just like all this kind of like it's not really appropriate self defense to you know defending you from defending yourself from your your own family which i kind of love and then we kind of we kind of go back to something that was really harped on in the first episode which is the whole scuba gear thing um and michael kind of looking at um because the, the the thing that he's been using to um take pictures is known as an ostrich um <laughs> due to where like due to i think that's actually a real term from google as well because of the yeah. long neck and it's so he's going to be manning an ostrich on that's going to map the ocean floor um so again but that's a weird reference again to season four where they had actual ostriches appearing every now and again um and so you know michael is like i'm gonna go get my scuba gear and then take part in this part of you know the, the search project um which i you know it again it sets up stuff for later on in the season um but yeah i mean i just like the stuff with jason bateman the whole self defense stuff is really fun and just him enjoying being on the google campus and basically not having to do any work <laughs> which kind of ties into the the kind of dot-com stuff that is also going on with George Michael and Fate Block as well. So I kind of like the the little parallel there of like, yeah, of course, every tech company. um, I I like as well when Michael's like, you know, I'm going to, he has to go home and he, um, uh, like he's reluctant to go home. Uh, Once he gets home, he hears lots of classic quotes until he gets to the end where (laughs) he did an impression of somebody uh, being a cleaner. Um, to try, try and um, you know, uh, you know, make sure nobody else was in the uh, the the, the, the uh, model home, um, but like the fact that he's reluctant to go home to get his scuba gear is also a bit of a thing that you know the idea of the Google campus or any kind of you know uh, modern kind of tech campus is they don't want you to leave they want you to sleep on campus they you know like they <laughs> they kind of want to keep you there. And not have you go anywhere. So the fact that Michael's like, you know, I'm going to go home to get this gear. Otherwise, he'd have to pay a thousand dollars for it. Um, it's kind of like the risk of leaving the campus uh, is, is just a little bit of a commentary on uh, on kind of like tech companies. Um, but I, I also kind of like that he then has to tr- like he, he's like, even though he's gone back to the model home and he's trying to avoid his family, he still then has to kind of go and look for Lucille, too. I think he's also been getting a lot of the kind of this is Lucille 2 kind of messages as well, which mm-hmm. um, we'll find out at some point. I just basically recorded messages. Yeah. Um, which, and, and he, to be honest, he, he also... I'm surprised that... Well, I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't... I know, I know for story reasons why, but the, the setup for each of the phone calls really does sound like an auto-dialer. Yeah, and, and also, like, it takes him a few episodes to realise what's going on with that. Um, but I get that's because he's always so distracted because he thinks that she's chasing him for money. So she doesn't, he doesn't really want to pay attention to the phone calls. Um, but of course he, he finds out that, um, you know, the Ostero company has forgiven his debt. Um, and which I think is what Lucille's. No, 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 no. They, they forgot it. Oh yes. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. That, that's well, he's, he (laughs) says out loud, she forgave the debt. But we find out that they forgot the debt, which is again that's a that's something that we'll get kind of clarification on from um, the blue the other Bluths in the family later on uh, about how they deal with debt and forgiveness and forgettingness. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that's in this episode that you particularly liked? There's a little bit. I mean, there's still a couple of um, 
like I really did like the the Milford School uh, reference. Like it is it has been a while since we saw that reference. Yeah. Uh, and but and uh, like we were talking about earlier, how Michael seems to have trouble remembering his his own life with where he's going to leave a note, and he says out loud, "You always leave a note," and he's like, "Where is that from?" <laughs> like <laughs> just like constantly saying things that are from the show and his and like i said his life never remembering it yeah that is, and that's a joke that they'll do later on with the you know there's always money in the banana stand and he's like is that south park <laughs> um so just the fact that he misremembers <laughs> these kind of well-known catchphrases are quite funny i feel like there's nothing really going on with the job and george senior stuff i'm kind of tired of george senior um you know basically uh, having no sex drive like you know, we already did like four or five episodes of that in the previous season, and it started to get a bit tiring. Um, you know, it's nice to see Lindsay, if only briefly, but again, we kind of know Portia de Rossi had retired from acting, so every appearance she makes is just, you know, basically she spent like two days on set and that was it. Um, so, like, it's kind of just catching all that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, I don't think there's really... I mean, there's a thing where Job and George Sr., they, they talk about they're looking at, in this bar and they're looking at different women, and they say they're looking for some Cinco's or some Mayo's, um, because obviously they don't understand... <laughs> the number. Yeah, they don't understand Spanish, Spanish numbering. So, you know, and then, of course, they start having a discussion about what 10 is, and he's like, well, 10 is 10 in every <laughs> language, um, which obviously it isn't. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know, the, the rest of it, it feels a bit insubstantial. It's like, it's just kind of trying to tie up certain story. I think a few episodes down the line, the stuff with Job and George Sr. kind of ends up being a bit more satisfying. But from here, they're still trying to tie stuff up from, from the previous season. I also still kind of like a little bit how Tobias is still trying to help Lucille with, uh, you know, with her life. Like, I still love at the end of the fourth season, that, that epiphany, that, that Lucille has like that is still one of my favorite moments of the of the fourth season. Yeah, you know where she actually you know realized that she's the invisible girl and or and all that not the monster and all blah blah blah. But still, they still do these little things, and it still shows how she can easily just back how she easily backslides almost all the time. Where like he's like, Tob- Tobias is like hurt people hurt people, and she thought it was. It was like instead of it was like a more active ver- version of her make people cry, make people cry. <laughs> yeah, and the- <laughs> you know, like she's like that. She's like that. Hurt people, hurt people includes the people who aren't, you know, aren't you aren't considering yet. It's it's also it's also <laughs> worth saying as well. There is the kind of the riddle of like you know the only which is in, mentioned in the previous episode by uh, George Michael and by maybe. Maybe in George Michael, they have this discussion where they talk about sayings that Lucille would say. <laughs> and she said, you know, like the, the, like about like an island full of rapists and murderers and the murderers, like the rapists will rape the murderers and the murderers will, will murder the rapists. And all you're left with is one murderer, <laughs> like who's been raped or a rapist who's been murdered. And we kind of get the end of that where like Tobias has obviously heard, heard Lucille say this. And he's like, well, what about that, that last, like, you know, raped murderer and then she's like who cares about him and so we can't we kind of see like a kind of resolution to that gag from the previous episode which is a nice little touch if particularly if you're obviously binging these and watching them one after the other then you kind of get the setup in the previous episode and that little payoff um which is something obviously that you know they, they did a lot more in season four i think they tried to avoid it in this season because people hated season four and all of that so you know they try they try a different tack Yes, but other other than that, I think the only other sm- just small little joke I liked was, like you said, during the montage 
of George Michael there where they were talking about various things and the whole starting trends thing where like they were going to movies and but they were st- but they were playing the movies in English like they wouldn't change the soundtrack so they had Spanish subtitles on it for for the for the Mex- you know the Mexican residents and they're like you know if you put your hands up like this it's like it doesn't even have any subtitles <laughs> yeah yeah, I I, th- I think it's funny because obviously it's just setting them up for a fall in the next episode. Like they're they're so they're fitting in so well, but we know what you know. If you've watched the series before, you kind of <laughs> yeah. know where this is going. It's not going to end well for them. Uh, so I kind of like I like their obliviousness and how they're just like happy to be there and just you know taking in Mexico. Uh, is there anything else that needs to be said about these episodes? I think do you we think? Got mo- yeah, I think we got all of it. Okay, well then, uh, let's go to plugs then. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Jordan? It's currently on hiatus at the moment, but I do a podcast, uh, and I'm working on it, I'm getting a bit back, called uh, What's McCracken? Uh, it's basically looking at the cartoon, you know, it's it's generally going to be about cartoons and, you know, and uh, stuff that, you know, talking about them, but we're also focusing on, like, rewatching the works by Craig McCracken, who did a lot of uh, Cartoon Network series like uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and he also did um, Water Over Yonder for, for Disney. Um, I still have a bonus episode that I, that's in the can that I'm still trying to get finished, and I had to put everything on hold because of just some, like, surgery things like that, but ho- now that that's all out of the way, hopefully it'll be back up and running soon. And you can find uh, us on uh, Twitter at KrakenCast. That's C-R-A- c-k-e-n-cast c-a-s-t and you can find us on twitter at a huge mistake pod or on facebook at i made a huge mistake uh thanks as well for being my guest here today jordan oh i had fun and otherwise goodbye <laughs>